Hey everybody, this is Belgarian and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgarian series of books by David Eddings. This season, we're reading book three, Magician's Gambit. And today we're diving into the prologue. Welcome to season three, episode one. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe. I am an, a magical realism author and a teacher of esoteric stuff, meditation, and, you know, other ways of perceiving the world around us. I'm here with my partner, Alicia. Hey, I'm Alicia. I'm also a fantasy author and, um, you know, just all things fiction is my, my happy place. So <laughs> excited to get into um, the next, the next book. I know this, this is the series. <laughs> the first episode of a new season, a new book. Yeah. So I yeah. like that we're studying something new, fresh and exciting in the middle of everything falling away in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. It's something to keep us moving forward, right? Yes. Because I almost ground to a, well, I did grind to a halt today and was in that mind space of what is the point of anything? Yeah. I would, I'll just stop. I'll just call Alicia. That's it. No more. I'm just, I can't, just, no, I can't. And I truly was in that, in that space. It, it really took uh, some stillness this afternoon mm -hmm. to, yeah. move through move through that that really stagnant sticky energy and yeah. you know show up <laughs> for you all yeah. I'm glad I did but it took effort today mm -hmm. I understand I felt like that last night so uh, and a little bit a little bit as the morning went on because it was kind of a rough morning with the kids today mm -hmm. um, so by the time they just left like 30 minutes before I was going to meet with you. And I was still on this like, <laughs> yeah, like mom, mom energy of like, why? Yeah, yeah, why yeah. don't you just do this? <laughs> hard. Oh, honey, I'm not laughing at you. Truly, I've been there. I know. Not, you know, obviously housebound know. with my children for three months, but. Yeah. Well, I, I was just remind myself that like, I am not the only one. How many families right now? And I and we have it probably better than most families right now because okay. the kids who depended on meals and the school system and that kind yeah. of stuff, you know, the safety, so I of, the safety of being in somewhere different than their house. Right, right, and that I was reading. Yeah, the big concern about that too. Yeah. So we are we are really fortunate right now despite driving each other crazy sometimes <laughs> yeah and if that's the worst and everyone's healthy enough at the end of yeah. this time to still be yeah. picking arguments and annoying your siblings right. and you know pulling your hair out because your children aren't are, are too rambunctious and won't settle down that's the blessing mm -hmm. yeah so okay <sighs> So that was a little bit of Polkara's Cup, but how about It was you start? a little bit of Polkara's Cup, but now we will officially begin the first segment of our show. The first segment is called Polkara's Cup. It's where Alicia and I catch up on our weeks and talk about the potion in our cup. Yes. 
really see I like your face. Your <laughs> I have a couple like a... of videos I need to get up for patrons. Oh. You really <laughs> so you looked can... like um like a pixie with that face. <laughs> have the big eyes and the tilt. And... <laughs> uh, okay, well, my cup is the last the recording I had said it was a big glass of wine. It's more wine. There's more wine. <laughs> I have gotten back into like having a glass every evening and it's not, it's not even a whole, a whole glass. Sweetheart, you just do that. You just go for it and uncork the wine and taste the wine and guzzle (laughs) the wine. Just drink the wine. (laughs) Yes. I tell myself, I'm like, you know what? I just homeschooled my kids today, got this up and running in my business today, connected on this new publishing house we're getting started today. I can have a glass of wine. Bloody oh. Um, and I'm still doing pretty good because we have the mom's chat, like a text chat of like 20 moms in Alexis's class, my oldest. And some of them are like sharing <laughs> their <laughs> evenings. And I'm like, whoa, like, okay. I'm, I'm doing much better than, okay. than some. Perspective. So anyways, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, the wine is the kids being home, balancing, their schoolwork and my work um and also you know just the house stuff it needs to still get maintained because I like to have a a nice place to like sit and relax and have it organized and clean um but I also like I didn't update this from last week because I know we're going to record last week and we didn't because we need to just have a breather week but last week I put I was letting go of coaching again and this this endless cycle <laughs> i noticed that it hadn't happened i'm like how many times how many times are it's going to knock you upside the head and tempt you before you just say no more it sounds great but no more and so yeah so i've just i've decided that you know again after i've spent about 2 months trying to see if i can make it work with a new approach, a new mindset, I was um, a different person this time going, trying to get it running, but the same results were coming. And so I finally realized uh, the universe is, is just telling me that this isn't my way. It's not, it's not for me because if, if I can approach it from this new, new place of who I am now versus who I was when I was trying to do it a while ago, and it still isn't going to pick up and move, mm-hmm. then, then it's not, it's just not for me. Yep. So, but what was amazing is that the day after I made that decision, I verbalized it to um, my friend who's like, I call her my business friend because we met through the business course we were in that, uh, anyways, get into a side story. Um, the day after I told her, I'm, I'm done with coaching. That is it. I'm committed to this and only this. I got on a call with a woman I met with the next day. I met her through that leadership program where I was going to be teaching every week. Mm-hmm. She was also going to be one of the leaders teaching. She happens to be a writing coach and uh, also a fiction writer. She writes fiction for kids. And she just wanted to get together and talk and see like what we have in common, all this and that. What came out of that conversation was the idea to start up a publishing house together. 
And I can't tell you like the feelings I felt after getting off of that call mm-hmm. um, felt so aligned. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, it was just perfect. And so we're working on that now. It's a publishing house that publishes authors who write children's books for all ages. And we're also going to get courses up for kids to help them get into storytelling and write their own little stories with their own little illustrations. And, you know, it's just, it fits in so perfectly and it feels so right. Excellent. Um, Well, for months now, months and months, it's been peeking its head through in all of our, all of your prophecy. Yeah. The the children aspect, the kids stuff. And you, we couldn't work out what it was all about. I know. I told her that too. Her name is Christy that I'm doing this with. And I told her, I said, you know what? This it's been like two years of this continual. You're meant to work with children and storytelling, children and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't sort it out. Mm-hmm. So when you came to me and brought up that it, it was a publishing house, but not just that focused on children, like I got goosebumps all over myself. Perfect. And and so yeah, it's been that's been a huge celebration in the midst of everything else. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm just really focused on figuring out how to balance all this amazing work that I now have in front of me, um, my own, my own writing and, you know, being a mom and now a teach, teacher, I say, yes. like, oh, it's, I, did it. yeah. I did that Air for quotes. my daughter when she was here from Australia, living in the Netherlands with us, like she was going to school here to a Dutch school, but I had to do all of her lessons for her like provide coursework that she could do at the school because she couldn't do the, like she didn't know the language, but she was at the school, like, and I would give her the coursework. It was a freaking full-time job. Yeah. It's a lot to keep track of because now it's teachers emails every day and it's things are changing for the teachers. So they're always updating us on like, they're trying to simplify it, but until it gets in a routine, it's just constant change. And so, you know, uh, just finding balance. That's where I'm at right now. Okay, well, <laughs> that's a beautiful cup of wine right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is really rich and deep. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Thank you. How's how's your so cup this week? Well, I didn't change my potion from last week, and I think it's still applicable. My potion is astragalus and ashwagandha tonic with a vitamin C chaser. (laughs) Yeah. I think Um, we all could use that. (laughs) Yeah. And so at this point, you know, a week ago, I was, I had been extra. So maybe this is a reminder to me to do something that maybe I've neglected for a few days. So at this point last week, I had been extra attentive to keeping my cup full. Yeah. I had been really attentive to myself. What do I need? How am I feeling? Where's my energy at? And when I was flagging, I would take space for myself to get still, do the thing that nourishes me so that I felt like, you know, I could be this great bright light and just shine my little beams everywhere for well, whoever needed that and whoever I came into contact with. And so, because uh, there's so much fear going on around, and we talked about this in before the show, there's so much fear around the world. And it, it is like a fog that we need to move through because there's light on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm light here, 
and I know that the you know I just keep moving through it and dispelling dispersing this fog um, but I'm not perfect at it yet I'm not perfectly aligned yeah. all the time and I do need to step back and take space and refill my cup and so mm-hmm. I think maybe this last couple of days in particular I've been more focused externally on a loved one who is the person I know who is being most affected by the changes in the world yeah. and is, is, you know, the stability that she had gained is now suddenly ripped out from under her feet and she is just standing on thin air and flailing her arms and wondering what the hell is going to happen next. And so I've been very focused on that and not so focused on myself. And I'm feeling it like today, as I said earlier, just like almost like what's the point of it all. And that's um, a really, it's really important that I and everyone take time to find that still place, to look deep into your potion cups and let yourself have what you need Mm -hmm. to fill you up, to make you centered and grounded. Yeah, I agree. It just reminded me of, I was watching Jimmy Fallon last night. He had John Bon Jovi on oh, an interview. Did you hear what he's doing right I now? I haven't seen it, but I I, so, know, I love the work that John Bon Jovi does normally with um, like homeless people and... Um, yeah. So what he's he's doing right now through his music is it's, it's hashtag do what you can. Yeah. But he was talking when he went to go help at a food... Um, food service place to like give food to people who needed it the other day somebody said something to him and the words that came out of his mouth is when you can't do what you do so for him that was music like he can't do his music not in the way he normally would right now like go perform and stuff when you can't do what you do you do what you can yeah so that started the hashtag do what you can and he's right he wrote a song that's actually to me, it was quite heartbreaking. I think it didn't help that I just heard the news of the schools closing for a while oh, longer. Yeah. But he, he's, he puts in the lyrics. He'll have people write into him what they're going through. And then he puts their specific situation into the lyrics, puts their name in the video. So he's doing this, the same song over and over with everybody's story. And then he sends it directly oh, to wow. them. Like singing their story back to them and just sharing it with everybody so That's that everyone really can see. Magic. Yeah, so everyone can see you're not alone. And the hashtag with it is do what you can. And so it's like what you're saying. Like there's gonna be days where we just can't do what we do. Even as writers, we're not really that affected, right? But there's gonna be days where we don't feel like we can do what we do. And instead, that means do what you can. Yep. And if that means you're going to sit down and treat yourself to binge watching Netflix for a day mm-hmm. and, and do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, um, when I, I wrote this a week ago, I, I, I realized that I hadn't been doing the things that I usually do to fill me up, like baking, creative cooking, crocheting. Like that's my meditation time. I sit and stitch hundreds and thousands and thousands and thousands of little stitches yeah and i just you know 
unweave myself and reweave myself with all of this yarn that I work with. And I hadn't done mm-hmm. it for a really long time. And you know what? I felt better That's after it. I did it. I yeah. just, I, you know, just find the things that root you into the earth and do it. Yeah. And the other thing that I I, I'm, I've discovered is we're, we're finding out who is actually essential. And it's the carers of the world, my darlings, not the CEOs. And isn't that an amazing thing to find out that your grocery people are your carers and the people who pick up your garbage are your carers. And I think that this is a really important shift that maybe people yeah. hadn't considered before uh, looking at the world slightly differently. Yeah. I like that point for sure. And that also reminds me of my cousin who is uh, um, an artist. He draw drawing artist. since, actually, no, it was my cousin who, we're a family of artists. Yeah. Uh, it was my cousin who is the composer. Mm-hmm. He sent me this, it was a tweet that went out and it says, as you binge watch your 13th entire series or read a book or sleep to music, remember, Remember that in the darkest days when everything stopped, you turned to artists. Precisely. I loved that. I this loved is... that. The cares oh, and the artists. That's right? so beautiful. That's so powerful. And I really needed to hear that today. Yeah. You turn to artists. We do. And when we need our medicine. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just got goosebumps all over again. Oh, because... my goodness. Yes. To feel safe and to feel. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and especially now that the movie industry is on hold and they can't be creating the new stuff, it's even more so on the books. Absolutely. And that's where we're at, you know? And so that's why I felt, and even like yesterday or like how you're saying that you felt today, even when I feel like that, there's still that little pull in the back of my head of like, no, like people need what I have right now. They're looking for something new to read. Mm -hmm. They're looking for, um, healing and that's exactly how we use our fiction yes is for healing purposes and yes. so it's always that reminder t- to keep moving forward why I want to do this publishing company too because it's the same message behind it for kids it yeah. gives them something productive to do that's creative oh I had forgotten that I'm a publisher again thanks for the reminder yes I, I run a publishing back company. Of my head too. Everything I publish is for healing. I publish meditations and meditative yeah. music and, and you know, magical realism fiction and nonfiction that is full of ways to bring ritual <laughs> and magic into your, oh, shit. I forget all so this it's stuff. time. I teach online all the time. How, I forgot exactly. Could... I, I forgot everything about myself. <laughs> yeah, because you were you were out there. Which I is, was you totally know, out there. I felt so. It's easy far to away. do right now. It's so easy to do that right now. Well, I um, said to Hanukkah, got home from work, and she said, "How are you?" I said, "I am very far away." It's the only way I could describe it. I felt so far away. Yeah. So it's true. Like that's how I'm grounding myself is by using my art to put it out there as much as I possibly can from my heart 
in a way that I can help other people through this. Yeah. So hi listeners. I know that this is a really a uh, bit of an extended Pogo's cup segment. <laughs> yeah. But these are exceptional times we're living through. And it's important that you find the people that you can talk to about the stuff, the big stuff. Right. And Alicia and I are that for each other. So yeah, welcome definitely. to our world. And hopefully it helps you guys a little bit. <laughs> I think, well, I, I think so. I think it does. It helps to hear other people talking because it sparks things in us. It's the whole point we do this show, really. Yeah, talking in a way that isn't just listening to the news to get all the information. Like, I've tried to absorb other people who have a positive mm -hmm. perspective on this. Mm -hmm. You know, and it is about going, you have to go through it. You can't avoid it. You go through it. So and look after each other. Be this large, this global community that we have discovered that we actually are. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay, so next segment is Garion's view, and this yeah. is where so, Alicia tells us the chapter summary because she's the new reader of these books. Yeah, I didn't get to update the spreadsheet this morning, but I do have a better summary than what I wrote last week. <laughs> ah, I read it out last week. If you didn't listen, if you didn't catch last week's episode, go listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I read, I read it again yesterday and I, I was like, oh my God, I missed like everything the first time I read it. I didn't get any of that. And this time I was like, oh, it makes so much sense. So it's, it's about, we see the prologue and we're like back in the day mm -hmm. of like biblical times uh, as it would be in uh, the Bulgarian world. <laughs> and there's a man named Gorham, which was uh, really similar to Gorolam. Are they Gorolams? Is that how you pronounce it? Okay. I think you're muted. Are you muted? Oh yeah, you are. Um, so that was a little confusing, but uh, okay, so I was man... just talking while I was muted. I'm very sorry. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we, we meet this man and we hear about the gods and there is Ool who refuses to participate in the creation. And so all of this like triggers like all of this craziness and Gorham is the man who is attended to by all the creatures uh, and he's trying to like create peace between the man and the gods in some ways, but also to find his own God for the creatures and himself. And, and then we hear a little bit of the story and then we, we get introduced to, to Belgarath comes into the storyline towards the end of the prologue. Uh, and also mention of Torak and the orb and the Raven King and why, you know, we're trying to figure out why Belgarath comes to talk to Gorham. It wasn't really explained. So yeah, that's my summary. Okay, it's pretty good. And so I remember you saying, remember I said there's a reason why this prologue was maybe easier to read or less convoluted than some of the other, than yeah. the other ones? It's because each prologue in this series is based on a fictional historic work from this world. So book one, the prologue is based on the Book of Elorn. 
a, a reading from the Book of Elorn. In book two, like so, Point of Prophecy we're talking about, prologue. Mm -hmm. In uh, Queen of Sorcery, the prologue is based on, the, is a piece from the Battle of Vomimba. And in this book, Magician's Gambit, the prologue is from the Book of Ulgo and other fragments. And so each prologue is based on this fictional work from a part of the world where this book is based. So, which I think okay. is really uh, cool. Yeah, that's a lot, a lot of thought put into the prologues. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. So, so yeah, I've made a little note about the uh, chapter. So now we go into, sorry, now we go into Wolf's Wisdom. This is a segment of the show where we talk in more detail about the chapter. I really, uh, I really liked reading this chapter because I tend to, especially now after all these years, I just skip the prologues entirely. I don't read them. But yeah. every now and then I do, but I don't read them properly. But this time I really slowed down and I read the whole thing. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it a lot. So and there's so much yeah. like metaphor and symbolism. Um, yeah, it really, it really reflected to me uh, the story of Moses in the Bible, where oh, Gorham, going up to the high places and coming. Yeah, back Gorham would be Moses. Yep, yep. And like all is God talking yep. to him. Yeah, <laughs> very, very similar symbology, absolutely. And I, I mean, I did have a little bit of a uh, roll my eyes moment because once again. You know, it just occurred to me that we have this pantheon of gods, no goddesses at all in the pantheon, just mm -hmm. gods. Does it ever say that the gods are all male? Yeah, they're male. Are they all male? All of yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, all of them. Okay. Please correct me okay. if I'm wrong. I'm happy to be corrected, but I don't. Yeah, I'm. Don't know. I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. They are all male. Okay. And so, and it, it was, it sort of showed up to me because in the worlds I write, I focus on goddesses. My company is called Goddess Kindled Universe. So right. no surprise <laughs> that I focus on goddess mythology and, you know, women's mystery and all of the stuff that I publish. But every now and then I, I am bothered by the seeming imbalance, which is not, and I could go into a whole episode about why it's not an imbalance, but like my head starts in on me, but you know, gods are just as important as goddesses, you know, like hashtag not all men in my own head. And it, I think it comes down to the fact that I'm a Libra and I want everything to be completely balanced. And mm -hmm. I am the most Libran Libra that anyone is ever going to meet. Like I'm almost incapacitated with my liberalness and my need for balance. But it just, you know, I decided to let myself off the hook for focusing on, on goddess in my work instead of this little nagging voice back here that goes, you know, but what about the gods? What about the gods? 
<laughs> because there's enough of all gods everywhere and nobody ever feels the need to apologize for that shit. <laughs> well, what I see is that his work, uh, David Eggen's work is, first, what I noticed is really similar to Lord of the Rings in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But now what I've also noticed, just like Lord of the Rings, is it's very much based out of, um, like the Bible and Christianity's perspective of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um just like Lord of the Rings in a lot of ways. But when you look deeper into the magical aspects, obviously it goes beyond Mm. Christianity so much. But that's where I think his, just like in Lord of the Rings, it's very male focused Mm. because that's what, that's how the Bible is worded, even though I don't think that's the way it was intended to be interpreted Mm. at all. That's well, I how... think I think that the the it's a human interpretation of whatever. I'm not going to get right. into Bible discussions because I am not an authority on the Christian Bible. But what I do know is language, mm-hmm. and the language is very patriarchal. And, yeah, um, but the but I think a lot of that came to be because the churches were formed. Oh yeah, and it and it was more. Uh, the humans doing the bible was never intended to be to control or to reduce women in any way but it was interpreted that way and used that way so that men could control their women yeah and so so what i see though is that because that's where david eddings i think pulled a lot of his ideas Mm -hmm. um but there's still you know like i think it was just society in general back then like that was that was just society yeah but if you look at something like Greek mythology, on the other hand, like yeah. if you had used that as his inspiration, yeah, we'd be having a different conversation. Um, yeah, it's 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 yes, yes. It all started back then when they, the and the, but even the Greeks, you know, they anyway. There's a whole there's a whole conversation, and taking us right away from the book. Yeah. So. I I really want to I really want to have this conversation with you, but it's gonna be a five-hour-long episode. I know. Uh, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So anyway, grump, grump, grump. So anyway, so, suffice to say, I'm not gonna beat myself up anymore about being goddess-focused. <laughs> no, that's what you enjoy writing about. Mm-hmm. So I think we can like kind of summarize the chapter without having to go through each little like um, breakdown but the important pieces um skip through so it talks uh, there are a few interesting things so what do you think of so it talks about you know at the beginning of days and there was just darkness mm-hmm. and then the world was spun out of the darkness and then the seven by the seven gods and then they created everything so it's very biblical very you know genesis right and then they talk then it mentions a spirit that dwelt in the heavens called all who didn't join in this creation he stood apart from the seven gods who created the world and it's because he didn't join in that creation was imperfect so you know and that's why some of the creatures were were seen as you know unseemly strange 
and then the the younger gods these seven gods go oh no that's not right we're just going to get rid of them because they're not beautiful and perfect and all forbade it like he's just said no you created it it stays you don't get to unmake anything so my question is then all is above these gods so that was going to be my question to you how do you what make of what do you make of this yeah that he'd have to be above them in some way to be able to tell them what to do for them to listen okay i agree i agree with that like um he stood apart it's like it was like and then the text calls the seven the younger gods but all's not included in that so that's very similar to the similarian is it similarian yeah the way it starts out is exactly like this i really have to read that there's the one who's like up here but then Mm. the rest of the gods go and like create a lot of mischief and trouble and by creating things they shouldn't be if i remember correctly i really really have to read that book yeah and i'm sorry i can never pronounce it right i know i've said it here a few times but still marion still marion still marion still marion i'm gonna Um, look up how it's people know which people know we're talking about if they're a Bulgarian fan, they're a Lord of the Rings fan, and they'll Sil- know the Silmarillion. Silmarillion. Okay. S I L M A R I L L I O N. Silmarillion. Yeah, Silmarillion. I have. Yeah, I have the book back here on my shelf. But I, I didn't even read the whole thing. It's really dense reading. Is it really dense? Is it like boring dense? Or is it to me it was like comp just too complex to enjoy like more like a textbook than a novel no it's not like a textbook but it was still pretty dry for me okay there wasn't enough i think what it is is the characters he's talking about don't you don't connect with them at all at least i didn't okay so it is kind of just reading about history okay (laughs) All right. Okay. So, yeah. So, so the world's created and it talks about the monsters that they're not allowed to unmake. And so the younger gods basically throw a tantrum and go, well, we don't want them. We've chosen our, you know, we've chosen the people that we want and nobody wants these monsters. So you go to all, he can be your God. And all just didn't up say anything. He just he didn't come. He didn't. He just stood apart. He continued to stand apart from everything. Um, and there was so there was all the monsters, and then there was a group of people who still didn't have a god, and they and they were sent to all as well. So you know, to told to go and all can be your god, and they <clears throat> they were homeless and wandered for generations and generations and all still didn't appear to them and then the Gorum appeared Gorum his that was his name Gorum and you know he was very inspirational spoke to the multitudes told them that um you know uh he's going to go and beseech all to come to them and to protect them and to look after them yeah 
And even he has some trouble with that, though, for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, he will for a long while. So he, yeah. he um, 20 years, it says, Gorham sought all. And um, then one day he just goes, no more. I'm not going to look anymore. It's all nonsense. So it's a bit like I was today. That's it. I'm done. No more. Nothing makes sense anymore. There is no God. Everything's a mockery. I'm not doing it. And then all pipes up and goes, what's the matter, dude? What you crossing (laughs) me about? I didn't make you. I didn't cast you out. (laughs) Mm-hmm. right and so Gorham is instantly in like subservient mode when he sees him he's like yeah. kneeling and saying you're my god and I'll do whatever you say just just please be our god mm-hmm. <laughs> and all says no sorry not your god and he disappears yeah. he says go away go and look for another god leave me in peace yeah Gorham stayed there on the mountain. So he'd, he'd gone up to the mountain, all went away, and he stayed and stayed and stayed for more than a year. And the, the monstrous beasts that had been sent away by the younger gods sustained him. So they brought him food, they brought him water, they looked after him while he waited for Ul to come back. And, you know, Ul came Who's back interest- again. Yeah, go. Oh, sorry. I was going to say it's interesting that they're the some of the uh, creatures are calling monstrous, like unicorns. And mm-hmm. I mean, dragons are monstrous, but to me, dragons are are not monsters. They're like well, I guess beautiful. it's interesting that you it's know? the things that seem that we as humans would say Don't are magical creatures, right? Yeah, are the monstrous creatures. I know. Yeah, that's what caught my attention. And it's not that they behave in monstrous ways. No, just how they look. It's just that at their appearance is a little bit not normal, what mm-hmm. people consider normal. So I do like that. Yeah, yeah I do too. But you're saying, so a year later he comes back, all comes back. Yeah, and sort of says, oh, God, I'm tired of you. What the hell are you still doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and also... So Okay. Is it that all is, is he in a form that Gorham can see? Do we know this? Or is it like he's speaking from the clouds? In the well, he never says. Like, it, the text doesn't say. Yeah. I imagine it being like that God image of, because I was raised in the yeah. Catholic church. So I have that like the, the, the clouds the, opening. The man, the man in the clouds <laughs> on the throne. Yeah. Well, not even an image of a person, just like this voice, like speaking from the sky. That's well, how that's it. how it appears to be written. Uh, the yeah. spirit of all heard and replied. So it talks about the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't talk. Of, I can't. There, there's no description in here at all. It's just the voice that Gorham hears. And let me see. Let me see. Let me see. No. And so he stays there again. So all goes away again. Yeah. And Gorham stays, and the beasts look. The monsters look after him. And after a while, all starts to get get a bit like troubled by this. Like this guy's really persistent, <laughs> and so he goes back. And Gorham is so uh, steadfast 
in his insistence that all be their God, that it almost, it's like all gets afraid of the power of this bloke. And he runs away, like all flees from Gorham. I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then Gorham stays there for another year. Okay. And that's the time when all comes back this this last time that he finally agrees, right? To, yes. to be their god. Yes, correct. So he he agrees to be the, to be their god, and he says, "Okay, so here's a description." Rise, Gorham. All replied. He reached down and lifted Gorham up with his hands. So he's in human form, I imagine. At this point. If he's using hands to lift him up. Does it say with hands though? Mine yes, just says it does. From mine his, doesn't say. From his mine just prostate. Says, really? Unless we're not looking at the same phrase. But mine it says, is. Rise, Gorham, and serve thy God. All reached down and lifted Gorham. Period. No way. Well, my version says, from his prostate position, Gorham pleaded, Oh my God, have mercy. Rise, Gorham, all replied. He reached down and lifted Gorham up with his hands. I am all thy God. I command thee to rise and stand before me. Um, yeah, we're looking at a different part. We must be. I am thy God my, my... and the God of thy people also. Yeah, it's different text. Because mine... It's like the same idea, but mine ends with, uh, then I will consent to be their God also. Wait. No way. Are we looking just at a different part of the prologue? I'm wondering, but it's so similar. Why would it repeat it? So let me read a bit more. I am thy God and the God of thy people that also all said, Gorham looked down from his high place and beheld the unseemly creatures which had cared for him in his travail. I think we're at two different places in the prologue. Okay, so, well, anyway, so the God claims Gorham and the people. And then the, the Gorham looks around at all the creatures that had been looking after him and says, well, what about these? What about these monsters? And all says, no, these creatures were sent to me in, to despite me like because the younger guys were having a freaking tantrum they were sent to me to bring shame that i had told them off i'm not gonna i'm, I'm not gonna be their god and he refuses them and Gorham says no worries i'll just wait a bit longer and i'll just whatever <laughs> i'm i'll see you later and um, it was the same thing. So Gorham waited and just, he just waited and waited and waited. And eventually, um, all, hey, and here's the part that I think that you were at. Eventually after that, all says, rise Gorham and serve thy God. All reached down and lifted Gorham. Bring yeah. the creatures. <clears throat> there it is. So he says, bring me all the creatures, show them to me. And if, if, if I see beauty and worthiness, if it's like you say, and they're, they're these beautiful creatures, then I'll be their God too. Okay. And so he does, he does see beauty in them, right? And he yes. agrees 
Okay. And I love that. Uh, but then with with his touch, he somehow changed the way Gorham appeared. So when he went to go talk to his people about all of it, to like come and be with them, so they got afraid of him. So he changed him into like an albino from what I can um, gather from the description. That's how I always see the all go people. It says all colour had fled, leaving his body and hair as white as new snow. So, okay. Yeah, so um, then it becomes like a, um, those who actually believe enough are the ones who are going to follow him anyways. Yeah, correct. Because he goes back and the people are scared of him because he's so changed. And they like stone him and drive him away. And then Gorham's like, well, don't help me. They don't believe me. And so it all changes all of them mm -hmm. to look like Gorham, like colourless. Right. And there are people there who are still being dickheads and don't believe right. what he's telling them. Yeah. And so, yeah, they go and they say, no, no. We don't want anything to do with this. So the ones that do, they follow Gorham back and they're all together with the creatures and all that. Mm -hmm. The ones who stay behind end up actually like a year later, they all, is it they all die or they all suffer well, in some way? They, they become barren. They cannot have children any longer. Like the, the women can't bear children. Okay. And so essentially they are doomed to die because they can't reproduce. Okay. This is when we get into, like, Torak comes into the story and the orb and the, after all this transpires. Yeah, so this the, is all happening about the same time that, that Torak stole the orb and tried to use it and mm -hmm. the orb fought back and cracked the world. Right. And what happened when he cracked the world is the earth went mad and the beasts went mad also. So the beasts were maddened and really truly became monstrous in their behavior and so i love like this is so appropriate for what's going on right now you tell me that mother earth hasn't just cracked the fucking world wide open mm -hmm. and gone enough of your bullshit yeah i'm not going to yeah. take this anymore and just has shaken all of our lives uh, the way she did when Torek cracked the earth and tried to use um, the orb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so because of that, the, the Ulgos, the, pe the people who did follow Gorham, made their home under the mountain, under the earth, because they could no longer live with the creatures because they had gone mad. Okay. But the people who did follow, who were with all... And, that, and now they're called Ulgo. Mm -hmm. um, they, were they not affected by everything that happened? Or were they still affected and they just left in time? I got the impression that they were like somehow protected under Ul. Yes. So from all the, of what happened. So the spirit of Ul was with them. And they dwelt with the creatures who had sustained the Gorham. And Gorham lived many lifetimes. And after him, each priest of all was named Gorham and lived to a great age. For a thousand years, the peace of all was with them and they believed it would last forever. And it was after a thousand years that this thing with Torak happened and the orb. And it was then 
that they fled to Prolgu because the creatures were dangerous and all told them where the caves were and how to make their home um, under the ground. And so their, their, their place is called Prolgu. And um, did I answer your question? Yeah. Um, and then eventually Belgrath came to visit. Yeah. He talks, he speaks with the original Gorham, right? I'm just When he comes? Look. Or is already passed down? No, few? it's already passed down from the original Gorham. But they lived completely apart from the rest of the world. The Orgos, they live completely apart. And so mm. it's very, it was very... Um, unusual for someone to come and visit them and Belgrath did and he and the Gorham would hold council now and then they would come together and hold council in Prolgu. yeah oh no 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 let me go back that was that's after everything had settled down with um with Torak okay so when Torak came through the west when he had the orb and he was leading the army when they went through the lands of all, uh, all spoke to Gorham and the Gorham took his people out in the night and they wrought havoc on the sleeping army and thereby, thereby weakened the army of Torak and then it fell in defeat um, before the armies of the West at Vomimba. So this sort of ties into that yeah. last battle. And then Gorham goes out and meets with Torak and with, not with Torak, with Belgrath and all the rest of them after they've been victorious and then comes back. And it says here, he comes back with word that Torak had been gravely wounded, though the evil God's body was stolen away and hidden by his disciple Belzadar it was said that Torak would lie bound in a sleep like death itself until a descendant of the Riven Lion should again sit upon the throne at Riva, which meant never, since it was known that no descendants of that line lived. Right. And, um, yeah, and then after that, every now and then, it says a strange old man appeared and would talk with Gorham. And we think that that is Belgrath. Right. I don't think it actually names him, though. I think it did once. It did once. Oh, no, no, no. You know what it says? It says that it was even reported once that a young boy claimed there was a great grey wolf with Gorham. But that was probably just a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it had his name in there before that, that part, though. Um, yeah, when they were talking about Belgarath gave the orb to the first Riven king, it talked about Belgrath in the context of the battle with Torak. Mm. Okay. But at the end there, when it talks about um, yeah, the then a strange old man appeared, it doesn't name him there, but it, talk, it does say about the wolf. Right. Yeah. Makes sense to be Belgrath for sure. What's that? I said it makes sense that it would be Belgrath. Yeah. And um, that's the end. Yep. It's a prologue. Oof. That's OP. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait. I'll just wait till the end. Oh, are you sure? All right, yeah. magic. 
we're going into the next segment where we talk about the magic in the chapter that stood out to us. And for me, it is definitely how the cracking of the world maddens the earth and makes mad her monsters as well. I, I love the, um, the layers in, in that, particularly with what's going on in the world at the moment with this global pandemic. It seems to be uh, making mad some of our human monsters. Right. And then going through that, the making mad of the monsters that we said were different from normal, were more magical, it's, it speaks to the demonizing of things that would that are other that are different that are mythical mm-hmm. that are spiritual you know so I really connected with that part of the magic in the chapter yeah I um I had to choose the same because it, it was I mean that was the big big thing and it just it is because of what we're going through in our own lives right now it just um is the one that jumps out I couldn't I couldn't there wasn't really anything else that came to mind so I've been talking a lot I think my throat's going yeah so real life relating I can't quite personal with this one. Again, with the cracking metaphor, cracking the world apart. I've written before about how I cracked the world apart by deciding to end my first marriage. I say first marriage like I've had dozens, but I, I just have to say first because I'm weeks, literally weeks away from my second mm-hmm. uh, marrying my beautiful woman. But um, when I did that, it was like I'd cracked the world when I when I decided that I didn't want to be married to my ex-husband. And the, I can see the reflection of the maddened monsters um, in the confusion of my family after I'd decided to leave because they just didn't understand. I'd been yeah. one way for so long and I'd seemed so happy for so long and everything was rosy on the surface because I'm really really good at you know making everything okay it's kind of what I do I'm an expert and Mm -hmm. so they were really confused and uh got really angry with me some of them yeah um and so yeah real life relating yeah I can understand that I understand that um Mine, I also, I stuck with the cracking piece because right now, well, at least last week, especially because I left this the same as what I put in last week, was that my world feels cracked apart right now (laughs) because not only there's been some shifts in my personal life and relationship, but um, everything that's happening with, with my kids being home and that this change is constantly coming I think it's I feel it a lot more just because of my kids mm-hmm. in my life if it was just me right now I think I would be so much easier to be at peace with it than it is with kids yeah 
So, um, and that's because I have to also make sure that they're staying well, mentally and emotionally, because we're physically well, but the mental and emotional piece is important. So, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so now we're going to Prophecy Speaks. This is the section of the show where we do some divination. We ask a question and we use a book as oracle. So we ask a question and you can do this with any book you have. Pick it off your shelf, hold it in your hands, focus on a question, something that you want to know. And so for me, my question this week is, how involved with a goddess course in miracles will the rest of my life be? Now, a goddess course in miracles is a year-long course that I'm developing and publishing this year. It will be available next year. And what it does is take um, a course in miracles which was scribed in the late ninth in in well eventually finished in the late nineties late nineties. Yeah, I think so. And, um, it's the scribe says that the, the writings came from an entity that she identified as Jesus Christ. And so it's a really powerful course of texts and writings. And I was getting a lot of value out of it when I was working through it. But I kept running up against the patriarchal language and I, I, it was causing me, oh, I mean, there's a lot of healing in it, but it's very Christian language. You know, you can imagine coming from someone identified, you know, the Christ consciousness. It's very um, Christian language. And that's really patriarchal language. And so a couple of times I flipped the pronouns around to goddess and sister and she and creatrix and lady instead of the masculine forms. And it was so powerful and completely different. The, the, the feeling, the context was completely different. And so it's, it's really a valuable uh, they're valuable teachings um, in both ways for different reasons. But I, I contacted the publisher, the authorised publisher of A Course in Miracles, the Foundation for Inner Peace, and asked permission to create a course with all the pronouns flipped around. <laughs> and um, they gave it to me. So I'm currently creating this course. And it's a much, much bigger project than I had ever anticipated that it would be. You know, I'm recording hours and hours and hours and hours of vocals and hours and hours and hours of editing and, you know, oh, it's just massive. And so sometimes it feels like it'll be the only thing I'm doing for the rest of my life because it's so consuming at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so 
hence my hence my question how involved with agcim will the rest of my life be yeah which is a goddess course in miracles oh yes yep that's agcim the, yes <laughs> have a seat marguerite oh i beg your pardon i'm using i know why the caged bird sings by maya angelou have a seat, Marguerite, over there by the table. She carried a platter covered with a tea towel. Although she warned that she hadn't tried her hand at baking sweets for some time, I was certain that, like everything else about her, the cookies would be perfect. They were flat, round wafers, slightly browned on the edges and butter yellow in the centre. With the cold lemonade, they were sufficient for childhood's lifelong diet. Remembering my manners, I took nice little ladylike bites off the edges. She said she had made them expressly for me and that she had a few in the kitchen that I could take home to my brother. So I jammed one whole cake in my mouth and the rough crumbs scratched the insides of my jaws. And if I hadn't had to swallow, it would have been a dream come true. As I ate, she began the first of what we later called my lessons in living. She said that I must always be intolerant of ignorance, but understanding of illiteracy. That some people unable to go to school were more educated and even more intelligent than college professors. She encouraged me to listen carefully to what country people called mother wit and that in, the, in those homely sayings was couched the collective wisdom of generations. When I finished the cookies, she brushed off the table and brought a thick, small book from the bookcase. I had read A Tale of Two Cities and found it up to my standards as a romantic novel. She opened the first page and I heard poetry for the first time in my life. It was the best of times and the worst of times. Huh. So, this course is lessons on living. <laughs> That's what I'm creating. Yeah. Lessons on living. Mm -hmm. Lessons in living. And how involved you will be with it for the rest of your life? <laughs> I think I will be involved in this for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, but I think especially right now, this, and even after this has passed, the pandemic stuff has passed, the worst of it has passed, the world's still going to be extremely different from this point on. And more people are going to be seeking something like this. And even though I've got the whole cookie in my mouth at the moment and it's roughing up my jaws. Yeah. I have the more bulk take of your work yeah. is right now. Once it's in place, it's going to just be maintaining it. It's yes. not going to be like this. It's just like this for this year. But it's important to do. The other thing I think with the whole baking metaphor is <laughs> in between. Take breaks and go bake. Yeah. Yeah, that's my that's my medicine. That is how I refuel and it's very appropriate. Thank you for pointing that out. I would have just totally missed that. Yeah. It was talk it was told to me in my language so that I would understand mm -hmm. it and I still missed it. 
<laughs> because she specifically like gives him his treats or her the treats yes and then to take home now on to the lessons with living yes <laughs> oh my goodness it's almost literal mm -hmm. all right that's me what's you um i am just asking on how i can move forward with um still meeting my needs not not just work-wise, but health and mental and emotional needs, as well as my kids, all of their needs without driving myself into the ground. Mm -hmm. um, I'm using, oddly enough, I chose this book last week, but it's The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. <laughs> I chose it last week specifically because I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. about right. That's where my mind was. Yeah. So I'll just stick with it, see what comes. The little padding I was able to put on by gorging myself during prep time in the capital is gone, plus several more pounds as well. My hip bones and ribs are more prominent than I remember them being since those awful months after my father's death. And then there are my wounds to contend with, burns, cuts, and bruises from smashing into the trees and three tracker jacker stings which are as sore and swollen as ever. I treat my burns with the ointment and try dabbing a bit on my stings as well, but it has no effect on them. My mother knew a treatment for them, some type of leaf that could draw out the poison, but she seldom had cause to use it. And I don't even remember its name, let alone its appearance. Water first, I think. You can hunt along the way now. It's easy to see the direction I came from by the path of destruction my crazed body made through the foliage. So I walk off in the other direction, hoping my enemies still lie locked in the surreal world of tracker jacker venom. Mm hmm Okay. I know this. I know exactly what place this is in the book. Um, so tell me what's, what's this saying to you? Well, uh, it's for meeting my needs and my kids' needs. Um, Organizing your life and still meeting everyone's needs. That um, but I think definitely looking only looking forward and not back from where we've come from like stop comparing life right now to what it was even mm -hmm. just a month ago and mm -hmm. feeling sorry in any way. And um, because if I do that, if I continue to do that, then I'll end up just like she is describing herself here. <laughs> but also there, there's treatment, you know, there's treatment to help us get through this. And mm -hmm. I think that is through looking forward at you know, there's traditional wisdom, there's deep wisdom that you can bring through this. Yeah. And apply now. Yeah. And that's what the looking forward is from that perspective. Like the mother knew the, has this, this wisdom about healing. She can't yeah. remember what it is, but you know, there's that, yeah. that it's available there, that thread. Mm -hmm. 
as you go forward right I think it is just about clarity practice anyways but just to not forget that in the moments like you know like we both have recently gone through of just being still and listening and like everyone around you is like out of it on on tracker jacker venom right (laughs) that's why i laughed when i was brought (laughs) up because like that's a really good visual of the world right now they're all on tracker jacker venom (laughs) and the the news media is the tracker jackers Mm -hmm. pretty much with that yeah venom (sighs) okay happy with that yeah so it's what i already new anyways yeah so but just sometimes confirmation is really important right yeah okay so hashtag for this thanks for listening everyone we're at the end of episode one of season three we're so glad that you decided to join us again and have hung around for the entire episode which was it's probably i think going to be quite a long episode there's hashtag for this episode if you want to just throw it out there into the virtual universe is hashtag tracker jacker and you'll find all the extended show notes and links to everything on our website, belgariedandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. Head over and have a look and you can sign up to our mailing list while you're there. So if we have any bonus episodes or little bits and pieces or special events, you will be notified. You'll get an email and um, you can leave a uh, voice message for us. There'll be a link in the show notes for you to do that. And we'd love it if you did. Just let us know if you don't want to your voice to appear on the show leave a voice message let us know how you're going if there are things about the show that you love if there are things about the show that uh irritate you tell us your thoughts we would really like to hear them mm-hmm. you can email belgariad and beyond at gmail.com with all your questions and comments you're very welcome to we're on facebook and instagram at belgariad and beyond And um, this week, the show is brought to you by you, all of you, every single one of you. Um, You are our community and we're really grateful for your presence every week. You know, we're not a huge community, but we are our people. Mm -hmm. And um, if you love the show and if you're still listening, we know that you do. uh, It would be incredibly helpful if you would go over onto iTunes and leave us a rating and review and also on our Facebook page. Um, yep. Whichever location is more accessible for you, pop over there and give us a give us a rating and review. That would be really great. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a small community right now, but it's starting to grow in a pretty steady way. So yeah. It won't be long until there is more people to join in and, and the be more part people, of the conversation. You know, the, the, the more people that talk about their experience of the show and what they like about it or why, they, why, why you listen, the more you 
let other people know, the more they can find us. That's yeah. what, that's, that's oh, I just I can't even vocalize <laughs> anymore. This is just really important. Did you Let's, see? I'm oh, sorry. What? I was. <laughs> I just like cut off your little ramble right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfectly fine. I'm a bit delirious. And my throat's <laughs> going. You just go for it. I was going to say, did you see that somebody recommended our podcast to somebody else this week? It was, yes, her name is Robin Ramsey. I met her once. She's here in San Diego where I live, but I saw her tag Bulgarian and Beyond and she referenced saying, this is the podcast I I was telling you about. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So just... Just the simple little thing like that. Yep. Make all the difference. Really? <sighs> I'm tired now. Yes. That's the end for us, guys. Sandra needs to sleep. I have to go pee. <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding it for like half the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my darlings. We will see. We will be see you. I do this every. We'll be back with another show for you next week. Welcome to season three. We're so glad you're here. Yeah. I can read the, like a real chapter next week. Yay. Yes, I'm excited. This is, the, the story starts getting really good. Really, really, really good. I bet. I bet. All right. Okay, bye guys. Bye.